Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Fundamentals, they haven't changed over the past couple of days. We're going to look at what this all means, especially with this grain complex, and where are we at at the moment. Add to it, we've got weather not only here in the States, but weather in Brazil. They've got pollination on that safrina corn crop, demand coming from China, and then this wheat market. That's been an interesting ride, and of course, Arlen Suderman joins us. He is with StoneX, and we kind of joked, this is the type of uh, a market feel that you better have a strong stomach for because these ups and downs of the hills, like when you were a kid, you're going to notice them. Keep your hands and your feet inside the car and keep the Dramamine happy. That's or happy <laughs> available. That's for sure. Uh, it's been one of those wild markets, and it, it's a bull market. And we don't get this type of a bull market this strong that often in a in a career um, and in the life of a farmer. And so everyone wants to know where's the top of it. We want to take maximum advantage, but when we have the opportunity, end users want to know where's the top and when's it going to come back down because they want to know how far to extend themselves or whether they can patiently wait. There's a lot of nervous people out there on both sides of this, and of course the speculators involved in it as well. When you have a bull market, the farmer tends to be a, an early seller of the bull market. Um, because as they're getting started, particularly in a demand-driven market that has weather implications, the full magnitude of it isn't fully understood until it starts to gain some momentum. In this type of situation, we normally would not have expected this type of price action in late April. And so we think, oh, wow, we get this type of price, probably need to take advantage of it. The end user is thinking, it's early or it's late April. It's too early. This is surely going to collapse down. We'll get a break in the market, and I'll get a chance to buy. And as it keeps going up because of this unprecedented money that's involved in the markets today because of monetary and fiscal stimulus, therefore, panic starts to set in. The farmer says, I've already sold too much. Most of my old crop is gone. That small part that's left, I want to save is play bushels, see how far I can ride this. New crop bushels, I've already priced too much, and Goodness, some forecasters are talking about problems in the Midwest this summer. I don't want to oversell, so I'm going to pull back selling. The end user is thinking, wow, this may have more legs under it than I think. It just keeps going up. I better chase this market. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you get overbought. You run out of buyers in the near term. And by the way, we've get, part of the reason we've gone up is those expanded position limits we've talked about before on this show. And you get to a spot where the market's overbought. Everyone who wants a position is in and uh, at least you think, and it pauses a little bit, and the late people to get in, the late speculators to get in think, oh, no, if it breaks here, I could lose my shirt. And so they start to sell. You get a down day. Then you watch how quickly do buyers come in to buy the brakes, how quickly do the end users come in to buy the brakes, and some of those more established speculators, how quickly do they come in. And to this point, it's been pretty quick. Now, this week, we really added to that volatility, very high altitudes for these prices, eight-year highs that we hit this week for corn, soybeans, and wheat. That really increases the nerves. Um, for the most part today, we still saw active bull spreading of the May contract and July contract above the, the deferred contracts. That's reflective of a strong demand market. 
uh, and then and we saw tremendous inverse in the market. In other words, premium of the nearby months versus the deferreds. And then late in the day, we started seeing some unwinding of those bull spreads. People who had been trading the bull spreads starting to liquidate their positions, and we saw general weakness then come across the board, and even some bear spreading in soybeans happening by the end of the day, uh, and even some in corn. And so there's a lot of uncertainty in the market. Does that mean that it's over? No, but nobody rings a bell in Chicago when the high has been put in. We don't know until after the fact. What we do know is we still have fundamentals of a crop that's in trouble in Brazil, some risk for the U.S. Midwest this summer, demand that strong China rumored to be buying another one to two million metric tons although yet of corn, although not yet confirmed, uh, in a growing season ahead of us and, and pretty tight stocks overall. So the fundamentals, as you say, haven't changed, but we got the market increasing its gyrations here trying to find value for a crop amongst a lot of unknowns and we're probably going to have this type of volatility and price swings for quite some time you you talked about i want to before we even had to break i did want to touch base on the fact that and you mentioned it here earlier we are getting some new expanded limits that are going to come in next week i think is it the seventh that they started the second i can't remember the date it's um on Monday, we have extended uh, daily limits. Yep. We had the extended or the enlarged position limits on March 15th, and on Monday, the daily limits go up. For example, corn, the daily price limit has been 25 cents, which expanded to 40 cents when we hit the 25 cent limit this week. That goes up. That went up to 40 cent expanded limit. Well, that 40 cents becomes the regular limit starting on Monday. In the expanded limit, after you have a day of regular limits, it goes to expanded of 60 cents next week. That works both up and down. So those are the limits in both directions. So while we've been off of this 25 to 40 cent limits on corn going up, we could be going 60 cent limits if it happens to go down, or we could have another 60 cents to the upside as well, and it can go in both ways. So you could have a dollar twenty span in one day once you get to that point. Does that make traders nervous? It makes everyone nervous, <laughs> speculators, producers, and end users. All right, well, stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to talk more about what's happening within this market from a global and, and local perspective, as we know. And you just heard Arlen mention it. There, there's some frustration, some worries. What's going to happen with this weather pattern and a lot more within the trade? More's coming up. It is the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing the conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman. Again, he is with Stonex. We left for break talking about these new expanded limits that'll start again next week. And let's talk a little bit about what we were talking about during the commercial break, because obviously a lot of folks uneasy about seeing these limits. But you said it all comes down to the one thing. It's about the money. Yeah, those expanded daily trading limits. It is about the money and what's going to get the biggest volume of trade through the CME group, and and uh, they get paid for virtually every trade that goes through there. Um, but the the theory is, what's the best way to handle volatile markets like this? And the equities and the commodities tend to do it differently. In in the equities, they'll have a pause. 
to let the emotions calm down, get people kind of rethink and regather themselves and take some of the panic out of it. And then the market starts trading in it and it continue to go and then have different pause levels. In the commodities, we have daily limits. It hits that limit, trade all stops. And it stops until someone's willing to trade below within that limit again. Um, and sometimes that acts to give you some calming of emotions and settling down. Sometimes it creates more panic. People start getting afraid. Oh, no, I'm not going to get my position done. And you can get another limit move day, back-to-back type of a thing, except it'll be an expanded limit. So their theory is out which is the better, but that's that's kind of the different thinkings between the commodities and equities and why they do what they do, and, and the debate rages on which way is the best to go. Let's move over to, to Brazil. And, and I saw pictures, and I retweeted them yesterday of a, of a field of Safrina corn crop that is definitely showing the side effects of the drought. And as you and I were talking, it's moving into the heart of pollination in the next couple of weeks. It really is. Now, the the planting of the crop was very spread out this year. The rainy season normally ends in late April, and it is ending on time. That's when the monsoon rains stop, and then it's just luck whether you get some pop-up thunderstorms or something like that. That's what we're facing now through the next month is generally a dry outlook. Uh, Over the coming week, parts of Meta Grasso, particularly in the northern half, will see some showers, but then it really starts to go into decline. The core of the pollination is over the next two weeks. 60% of the crop is stressed right now, and that number keeps going up over the next two weeks if the, if the forecast verifies. USDA is at 109 million metric ton crop, total crop of first and second and third crop corn. Our survey-based estimate first of April was 105, and we will be doing another survey-based estimate to be released early next week. We anticipate, I haven't seen the data yet, anticipate that that number will come down even further. Commodity Weather Group has said that it could go as low as 92 or 93 million metric tons, just doing analysis of other years when the planting was late and the weather, et cetera. But it's really hard to tell in in Brazil. Uh, There's so much difference in the soils and the geography, and it's a massive country. We know that Meta Grasso, where 44% of the crop is grown, that they've had good rains up until recently. Now as they're going into the reproductive phases when it's drying out. South of there, where the other 56% of the crop is grown, it's been dry for the bulk of the growing season. And their soils are less forgiving in Brazil as well. So we anticipate there's going to be a short crop. The question is how short. When you have a short crop in Brazil, we tend to see increased export demand from people they normally sell to as we get into the fall of our year. So how much pressure then, Arlen, is that going to put on us in the corn versus bean acres, even though seed purchases have all been made, to have a decent growing season here in the States? Yeah, again, there's some differences of opinion. The expectation in the market right now, if you look at the soybean corn price ratio for the new crop contracts, it's been trying to buy corn acres over the last week to 10 days. We've seen that ratio really drop, trying to buy corn acres. We've also heard anecdotal uh, reports out of the core of the Midwest of farmers 
actively planting their soybeans before planting corn, especially in Iowa, thinking there may be more soybeans at the expense of corn acres. So I don't put a lot of confidence in anecdotal reports until you hear enough of them or get confirmation of the data. That's what we're trying to do right now. But that just adds to the mystery surrounding USDA's March 31 planning intentions report. They won't do another acreage report till June 30th. So what we know now is the May 12th WASD crop report and the June WASD crop report are both going to be expected to use that acreage from March 31 with the trend yields utilized or published in outlook form in February and you do the math and that means unless USDA somewhere finds a way to cut demand um, you're, we're going to have very tight corn and soybean balance sheets and the only way to really cut demand is through price rationing. All right, we ran out of time, Arlen. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? At stonex.com. All right, that is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.